Jessica, I do declare, are you ready to record a podcast today? Oh, goodness. What a lovely autumn day, although I do feel I have a case of the horribles coming on. What is in your hand? Is that a mint julep? I guess so. (laughs) Well, I need a window seat because this flower is wilting. (laughs) Oh, this drink tasteth horribleth. Savannah, our back supported by a hammer. We sum up perfection like a handbook, and God knows it all too well. Well, hello there, one and all. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yes, I'm still doing this thing, and I'll be doing it the whole episode. Oh boy. I definitely know all the turns of phrase from the South to keep this going for a full hour plus. Okay, forget it. Fine. I'm breaking character. I can't keep it up. I could barely get through the the cold open. Yeah. (laughs) I was Googling Southern dandy phrases because we all know those classic like, you know, you know, like... Like, uh, turns of phrase, right? And like, I was like, oh, this is a King of the Hill episode, because that's what we looked up. But I was like, yeah. I couldn't find any other ones. <laughs> it's like, words only Southerners know. And it was like, y'all. And I'm like, everyone knows what y'all is. And another was like, hill of beans. Like, everybody knows what hill of beans means. Whatever. Sweet tea. You're my sweet tea, Jess. And today we're talking about... I love that you didn't actually consult the person in the room who used to live in Georgia. Well, what would you have said if you were me? <laughs> what would you have said at the beginning? Go ahead. Let's take the whole top again. You do the skit. You be the Southern character. Here's the drink. Here's the whiskey. Here's my Maker's seven, uh, 49. Take it. It's not even really a mint julep. You just let everyone know. You cheaped out on the props. So, yes, today we are talking about Savannah, which is... Let's look up. Wikipedia says Savannah is a city located. Just kidding. I didn't. Um, (laughs) And no, we're not talking about Sahara because that's very confusing. Yes, it is. As we've been preparing to talk about this song this week, (laughs) I keep saying Sahara and she's like Savannah. We're doing Savannah, not Sahara. Yeah. And then today I was like, oh, isn't there already a live version of this out there? And Danny was like, no, I think that's Sahara. And I looked and I was like, oh, you're right. (laughs) So we are talking about, from Forget and Not Slow Down, Savannah, as well as the intro and the outro from that song. So actually, we're knocking off like a th- almost a third of Forget and Not Slow Down, the album, with this episode. We Can you believe it? We've already done four tracks from <laughs> Forget and Not Slow Down. But we'll get into that. This is I, exactly what that kid was complaining about yes, when we did Forget and Not Slow Down. I don't Down. remember his name now, but there's we found when we did Forget and Not Slow Down the song, I found this person's review on YouTube of the album. And he was like so upset that, you know, he got che- he got basically cheaped out of songs. It's like a bunch of these are intros and outros. And at the time we made fun of him. It's like, yeah, Reliant K does that. Actually, I listened through this whole album for maybe the first time ever. Uh-huh. Like, I listened to this album when it came out, but I don't know. Like, lots of albums I probably haven't really listened to just from beginning to end. Right. And I realized, especially with Forget and Not Slow Down, because it is 
like their concept album. I was like, I actually need to give this the full listen from front to back, right? So right. I did that while shredding documents at work. <laughs> a bunch of legal documents that they were like, a, a court called for all these documents. Can you shred them? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. That's not true. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to. For sit the and record, listen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just joking about that. <laughs> I would love to sit and listen to this entire album, but I'm an Apple Music user, mm-hmm. so I cannot. I forgot because I was like, so if you listen to our bonus episode about the track list, you might have already had a spoiler that Jessica's not hot on this song, right? So I was like, Jessica, make sure you listen to all three tracks that comprise this section, this song. And I kept checking in with her, like when I'm at work or I'm off doing something. I'm like, have you listened to all the songs? She's like, no, not yet. And I'm like, so it's last night before we recorded and sit down. <laughs> and I'm like, did you listen to all the songs? And she's like, no, I don't have it. It's not on Apple Music. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me this earlier? Yeah, so it was like I kept going to YouTube and then I couldn't find like a proper playlist that would play it in order. Yeah. So I had to search for it. Danny was like, search for the Savannah, Savannah Suite. Suite. Somebody yeah. uploaded all three tracks cut together properly in a single YouTube video called Savannah Suite. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll get into that as we talk about the intro and the outro. But we do have top of the show business. Last week, I didn't read this email from John Savage right? Because we had so much to talk about with the 80s. Right. Um, so real, so John Savage, he was, and I actually purposefully didn't even really read the email last week when we recorded In Love with the 80s, because I'm like, if the letter is nice, if the email is nice, I'm going to want to have to read it. Like, I'm yeah. not going to want to wait a week. So I purposely waited until after we recorded In Love with the 80s. If he was like, you guys don't have the money. <laughs> You suck, like Jonathan did a couple weeks back. <laughs> That's right. Jonathan's Google voice message where he's like, you guys don't have the money. And there's a stripper. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he said, please don't read this on the, don't play this on the air. And I'm like, okay. Um, so John is one of the people that I met on Reddit who is recording the full Air for Free tribute album. Oh, cool. When I called for Covers of God. He was one of the people who sent us that clip of Elephant Parade that we played on the God episode because they weren't done or ready to release their God cover yet. So he said, I want to tell you that I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan of Reliant K and have really connected with their music and lyrics. It's nice to hear other people talk about them in such in depth, such in such depth, even though I can't read. Keep up the good work. Uh, I'm 22 years old and I got into the band a little more recently than most fans. I had heard a few songs from them when I was a kid, like Be My Escape and The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, (laughs) which we have to do soon, but didn't really become a fan until high school. One of my best friends was a huge fan, and he gave me a copy of Anatomy of Tongue in Cheek. As time went on, I I got quite familiar with that album and really didn't branch out from there. However, when I heard Air for Free in 2016, I was hooked. I fell in love with that album. I bought the CD and listened to it over and over again. Uh, to the point of fatigue and had to put it away for a little bit. This gave me the opportunity to delve into the rest of their discography, and I was not disappointed. I've gone through a phase with them with pretty much every album, including Collapsible Lung. And John, I'm there with you. Jessica's not. (laughs) um, Reliant K has positively impacted my faith and outlook on life, broadened my taste in music, and even influenced how I play music. I love singing and playing their songs on the piano and guitar, and I performed many of them at open mics 
at open mics and bars and whatnot. Gotta spread the, the Reliant K love. And that's exactly what you are doing with the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your week to explore this remarkable band in such depth. I've done my fair share of casual, casual research on them, but I still love to learn so much about their history, background, inspirations, and musicality with your weekly deep dives. That's Jessica's thing. <laughs> so you're, you're playing Jessica's tune right there. <laughs> I love hearing your stories and getting fresh new perspectives from people older than me who are experienced Reliant K in ways that I can only dream of. It's so cool, Danny, that you got to talk to them so consistently in their early years. And Jessica, I love hearing your personal stories of how you discovered the band, the shows you went to, and how their lyrics have impacted you. I enjoy your banter and frequent laughter. Now, I have to pause because I had, because I've been telling Jessica when I listen back to our episodes, because not to seem conceited, but mainly I listen to every, I listen back to every episode like twice, mainly because like I want to be a better podcaster and I'm listening for things that I'm doing wrong. Like, you know, getting getting a certain now, like leaving <laughs> like my phone, leaving on phone on in the middle of the podcast <laughs> or what happens with me a lot is I get like a certain noun just stuck in my craw and I say that yeah. noun like eight times in a few minutes or something. Yeah, I listen back and go... Jessica, stop using the word specifically. <laughs> right. I use the word basically a lot. And yeah, there was one episode where I kept saying hot topic. I had mentioned hot topic like five times in six minutes. I was like, why am I doing this? But anyway, point was when I listened back to the episodes, I'm like, Jessica, the best part of our episodes is your laughter. Uh. <laughs> She's both happy and not happy. I just said that. Um, I have a terrible laugh, but I do it all the time. You have a lovely laugh. I have a terrible laugh. Who has the worst laugh? <laughs> Hit us up. Let's, let's put up a Twitter poll. Let's put up a Twitter poll. Who has the worst <laughs> laugh on Sadie Hawkins Pod? If you have a specific uh, thought on this, you can email sadiehawkinspod <laughs> at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 402-95-SADIE. And you can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook and twitter which are both which are all sadie hawkins pod um but to finish john's letter uh he enjoys all the random funny videos and cool covers that you find online i also appreciate the serious and thoughtful discussions and topics it really makes for a balanced podcast listening experience um oh and he and then he attached a cover of halloween blues which is perfect because that is what we are doing yeah i'm on October so excited 30th. Yeah. i saw it like, I didn't click into the email, but I saw the attachment said Halloween Blues. And I was like, oh, awesome. Because I was so worried we wouldn't have any covers for that. Yeah. Since it's... I haven't looked yet. Since but... it's an EP. Right. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So that's great. Because we... Jessica was actually originally thinking we would do all three creepier EPs songs throughout October. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I'm afraid three weeks of EP songs might, like... <laughs> not hold listeners right <laughs> so i was like and then plus we should we should still be doing reliant k has enough of material we should still be doing this yeah. next october we have about three years worth of if we do one song a week we have about three years of songs there you go so we and there's three songs on the creepier ep so we've got all three halloweens taken care of although maybe my math is not correct when you look at today's episode and how it knocks off three tracks that's true <laughs> um 
before the oh so anyway thank you very much john yeah, that, thank you that so email's much. great thank you very much we really appreciate that because yeah. we've had a ton of interaction and stuff and people like having conversations with us on twitter and obviously people liking and we see the same names popping up on twitter and instagram and we super appreciate that but we haven't had like direct like here's what you're doing right and no one else has been no one's been like here's what you're doing wrong right. i'm sure we're doing a lot wrong but no one's been like you know giving us very specific feedback so i think that's our first like yes. really specific feedback thank so you for the feedback that. yeah um love it but anyway everything was great except for the part where you called us old <laughs> you call us that. oh we did have that one oh i don't know i can't remember now because it was so long ago if it's someone who's still been around and i apologize that i can't remember who it was but someone called us like in the first couple of weeks and said like they're you know eighteen now or something right like they're nineteen like they were born in two thousand or ninety nine. Yes. I have to go back and look. Yep. By the way, I want to say Riley. I could be wrong. Was it Riley? Okay, I don't remember. I'm really. Here's the thing, and I did this in our bonus episode. Like I know Jonathan from Miami. Like we've talked to him enough, and mm-hmm. he's left his voicemails. But when I mentioned him in the bonus episode, I was just like, Reliant Pilot says, and I didn't remember that that's his Instagram handle. Yeah, as soon as we stopped recording, I'm like, Danny, isn't that Jonathan? And he was like, oh, you're right. I just took screen caps of the DMs, and the DMs don't show people's real names. It just shows their usernames. Plus, if I'm giving the usernames, hopefully that leads other people to follow them. Point is, we're making lots of new friends online, and right now everyone's just an avatar, and some people have <laughs> two or three or four online names, right? It's a lot to remember, but I see all your faces. I recognize your avatars. Please, nobody change your avatars, or I will not know who you are. Um, oh, yeah, so... Clint changed his name from Clout to Clint, I think, so... <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Well, his I found, avatar is still the same. Yeah, because so I, I found him. him on Instagram, then I followed him, and he, and and I was like, oh, this is Clout from Twitter, but he's got a different name on Instagram, <laughs> but luckily he had the same picture. So this is the stuff we're trying to like work through now, having people interacting with the podcast, having a tiny community around what we're doing, and we really appreciate it. And if I forget who you are randomly, I'm like, no, I remember who you are. Please don't take it personal. It's so nice to talk to other people about Reliant K or see other people's feedback about Reliant K, Mm -hmm. because I know like before social media, it was very much a thing where I would be like, people would be like, hey, who's your favorite band? And I'd be like, Reliant K. And they'd be like, I have no idea who that is. And I'd be like, you know, Be My Escape. It was on the radio for a while in like 2005. And they're like, I guess so. You had such a hard time getting people to react when you mentioned Reliant K that the first time you made a friend who knew Reliant K, you married him. It's true. (laughs) Whoa, you know who Reliant K is? I got to lock this down. (laughs) So um, anyway, we have a voicemail. Let's see. This is from Jerry from New York City. Let's play this. Dang, Jessica, it's me, Jerry. (laughs) You're doing Savannah this week. What's the deal with Savannah and Sahara? They're the same names. You're going to mix up all the time. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. That was a weird voicemail. It just cuts off like that. So, yeah, Savannah, Sahara, Savannah, Sahara. Like, Oprah, Uma, Oprah, Uma. Remember that? No, you don't. Remember when David Letterman hosted the... Emmys? Nope. The Oscars? I don't remember. And then he was like, he was like, Oma, meet Uma Thurman, meet Oprah. Oma, Uma, Oprah, Uma, Oprah. It was like a thing. Everyone thought it was so funny. But then the internet came along and there's way funnier stuff on there. 
whatever. I'm the old one. I'm the one who remembers when there was only one Reliant K CD in stores <laughs> and this mythical other CD that had like a tractor on the cover and that was it. And who knew if they were even going to stay together after that album? God did. Man, we've got to do an all work and no play song, song soon specific and all work yeah. and no play specific song. Yeah. Cause like There's I, a couple. There's Rad. I know that one. Yeah. I said when we did Softer to Me that I like the Softer to Me on All Work and No Play better than the one on the self-titled album. Now when we say it, all I can think is All Work and No Playlist. It's all I can think <laughs> in my head Maybe now. that's... You know how Dis- there's this theory that Disney created the movie Frozen partially so that the search engine optimizations for the word Disney Frozen would supplant, would would remove when you typed in Disney Frozen like 10 years ago, all the results would be, did Walt Disney have his head frozen? Oh, snickety snap. <laughs> so people <laughs> partially think maybe they called the movie Frozen. Not that yeah. they devised the entire movie because of Frozen, but maybe the corporation of Disney was like, yeah. we're doing an ice-themed movie, let's call this Frozen. So when people search Disney Frozen, they'll only find millions of results about the movie and and they'll have to go to like page 200 to find anything and they know he's not he's not he's not he's not cryogenically frozen all intact underneath epcot center no it was it was in magic i i believe it was supposed to be in magic kingdom in orlando under what was like i don't remember if it was it's not mission to mars it was like rocket to the moon it was it was something like that and it's what eventually turned into Alien Encounter, and then the Lilo and Stitch ride, and I think it's something else now. Okay, he's under the Alien, the Lilo and Stitch ride. I think that's such a random. Maybe <laughs> well, this anyway. was a thing I read about like long, long time ago. I could be wrong. Disney heads, get at me. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're ready to get into it. You want to start start talking about Savannah? Let's start talking about Savannah. So I really like this song. Part of the reason we did it this week. One reason we did it was because the it's we're one week out from the 10-year anniversary of Forget and Not Slow Down. So we were like, well, we have to do a Forget and Not Slow Down song. We didn't plan it out for the actual week of the anniversary. But we're like, well, we got to do a Forget and Not Slow Down song next. We picked Savannah because it seems to be a super popular song. And also it's on the All Work and No playlist. And part of the reason I wanted to do it was because I didn't fully get it. Like, people really, really love this song, right? Mm -hmm. And there are other songs like Deathbed that people super, super love, and I've listened to the whole thing, and I'm like, yeah, artistically, this is very ambitious, and it's, like, a very, you know, interesting song, but Deathbed never hit that thing for me. And then, as we've talked about before, Jessica particularly is adverse to the, the theme of the song, so she doesn't like that song. Savannah, for me, I was like, I have no problems with this song, it's just like that plucking thing. It doesn't. It's not. It's not hitting my brain. I don't get it quite yet. So let right. me do the deep dive into the song and see if I get it. My deep dive into the song. I totally got it. I really love this song now. Like a week ago, I considered the song pretty good, but I didn't like fully get what everyone loved about it. Now I get it. Jessica, how do you feel about it overall? Let me see. So things that I love about Savannah: Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, the Girl Scout headquarters. Parts of Forrest Gump, Paula Deen, that awesome pirate restaurant that I went to a few times that I think is closed down now, but I'm not sure. I don't remember any of these lyrics. Are these like deeply hidden in the intro and outro? 
No, I'm just talking about the things I like about Savannah. Oh, okay. I love that there's a rock song about vacationing in Savannah. It's like, <laughs> who are they? My parents? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like such a Southern thing. And maybe it happens in other places too, where like summer break, you go on an exciting vacation, like to wherever and to different places. But then like spring break, you have a specific place or a few different, see, I just said specific again. You have a few places that you really like to go to that you go back to and like visit often, like every year. Mm-hmm. Savannah was one of those places. Did you for go my to family. Hilton Head a lot? We did go to Hilton Head you had a lot. You had an HH sticker on something on the back of yeah, the car. Yeah, we, we did Hilton Head a lot. Hilton Head, <laughs> I'm going to be there in the morning. <laughs> so, what do you feel about the, well, honestly, what do you think about the song overall? It's not. <laughs> I like, I do, okay. So, when we first started this, I was just not super into it at all. And then I listened to it more and more, and I I like the music. I do like the music. There's a lot going on. It's right. interesting. It's very cinematic. There's mm-hmm. a, there is a, de- a definite cinematic quality that I really like to it. If you remove the vocals, I'm not a huge fan of the lyrics. Um, I, they just, in my opinion, aren't Teason's best work. Um, they aren't as clever as you know other songs on this album or in their discography like even candlelight is is a good example of another song on this album that is uh, you know that that sort of typical reliant k wordplay it's a total jam you know they're playing he's playing with the language exactly he's like coming up with turns of phrases he's coming up with ironic and like you know concepts that play upon each other yeah this is like one stream of this is almost like a stream of consciousness set of layers yeah i I have that written down this is which i don't see as a bad thing but we've had a this i'm sorry this is probably the song that we've had the most pre-pod podcast conversations about yeah yeah um i don't know the lyrics just don't all feel like they belong in the same song um yeah, they feel like a stream of consciousness, which you would think I would like this song because the master of stream of consciousness is my favorite author, Jack Kerouac. But yeah. I don't know. It's not, it's just not quite the same. There's something else. If Matt Thiessen wrote this on a scroll so he didn't have to uh, change <laughs> paper, paper, yeah, then you would love this. I don't know. It's just something about, maybe the lyrics feel forced there's a lot of really good thoughts in this song and there are concepts that i really like but the lyrics just felt like a first draft to me right i like i agree but continue because like i have the counterpoint to that savannah i'd love to feel the heat the sunrise brushing rays across my windshield as if one dries the streams from off my face it just it is a as poetry jumpy. as poetry it is kind of jumpy it is kind of odd yeah. to read but it fits the song really well i think like these syllabically it fits what he was going for now you said this is almost like a first draft of lyrics mm-hmm. and i actually kind of agree but i think that that's not a detriment to the song i don't want to get into all the background of the song yet that's a whole another big conversation but I think, before we get into that, to basically say, I have a feeling after having deep dived into this song for the last week, that it's kind. this song is almost like a dream. Because like the whole album, this is about the breakup. It's about his breaking off of his engagement. And I don't, I don't, not sure if this is actually what Matt Thiessen was going for, but the way that I read it is it's almost like when you've had 
a loss or a tragedy, no matter how it happens, whether it happens at random or because it's your fault or whatever, sometimes you kind of have anxiety dreams about everything being okay, right? That's the way this kind of plays to me because the song is essentially, and I don't want to get into this full thing yet, but this song is about him and his fiance having another vacation in Savannah and them being happy together and everything is normal again, right? Right. With the first time I heard it, it sounded kind of iffy and possibly, I don't know if chauvinistic's the word, but kind of like, hey, we're together again <laughs> and we're happy, right? It's like almost like wish fulfillment. Like, like I just want us to be together again, right? right. So maybe there's a, there would be a problem there. But the more I listen to the song, the more it's more like he's having a dream of them just being together and none of the breakup happened and none of the bad stuff happened. Yeah. So if it's a dreamlike song... That's how dreams work. Dreams are literally stream of consciousness. So for a song to just be like, just going forward and like just the first words and the first syllables that match each line and feel right out of his mouth into our ears, I kind of think that being first thought, best thought. Some people might say this sounds like a first draft. The positive version of that would be first thought, best thought. And I have a feeling like it's kind of first thought, best thought. Maybe these lyrics could be tightened up worked around hypothetically they could be but i don't know i i feel like i got what he was going for with this song most likely i feel like most likely i get it so yeah before um so let's take a step back and we'll get more into the song specifically but i want to talk about the intro because this is a three song episode yeah. episode uh the intro is called oasis And this is part of the reason why I never fully got this song. Because I think if you're just like, maybe you like Reliant K as a rock band, you know, and you know that Matt Thiessen will have like the deathbed and like worship songs and like things that break away from the normal Reliant K core. But you come to a song like Savannah and if it just doesn't hit you right at that moment, the the entire cadence of the song, the the, the, the theatricality of it, yeah. the sort of classical-esque feeling. It's not classical music, but that mm-hmm. classical-esque feeling. Like, it's not really a rock song, right? That rhythm is very different from almost any, pretty much any other Reliant K song. So hearing this song, Just Savannah, it never really hit me right. And like I said, I don't know if I ever really fully listened to it. I mean, maybe I did back in 2009 when I first gave the album a listen, but I didn't like actually absorb it into my regular music diet at the time. I just kind of listened to it at the time. Like, oh, this is a really good album, but moved on to other things. So listening to Oasis going into Savannah, that helped me get it. Yeah, I, it did for me as well. It sets the tone for the song. I actually really like Oasis and Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jessica really likes the intro and outro. Yep. Like they're so moody and they're so they're really perfect intros and outros. Yeah. I have a feeling maybe because they are more of like that high concept sort of thing that we come to expect from Reliant K. Right. I have a f- I have this general feeling that I think it's a detriment to the song Savannah to have separated Oasis out as a separate track. 
Agreed. I think you need Oasis every time you listen to Savannah. Now that I've listened to it, and I, and I get that it's something they do throughout the entire album is to take these songs and separate them. Like especially this is the end, and if you want it, like those songs, like the way they're even separated, they're barely separated. You know, it's like Baby feels much more separate mm-hmm. from Savannah, and um, Candlelight or Flare sounds very similar to candlelight but you can kind of see where they're separated right this is the end and if you want it they're barely separated at all like if you just played the songs the two songs together like an outsider would have no idea that they're two separate songs really and again baby and a baby and savannah feel like two separate songs but oasis and savannah they're one song to me and i don't really I feel like I said, I think it's a detriment. I think everyone who hears Savannah, especially for the first time or two, should always hear it with Oasis. And and I kind of wish that it was just one track. And I can't, I can't think. I yeah, can't I wonder think, how that's going to play on the uh, fan picked vinyl because Savannah think, is on there. I think it's, I think they're just going to do it without yeah. Oasis. I, th- I guess it was just. Which is kind of unfortunate. Like, I right. wish that they would like. Combine the two. I mean, now that I've let Oasis sink in as the intro to the song, I have that in my mind, and it helps me hear Savannah on its own better. I just mean someone like me really trying to absorb Savannah and actually get it for the first time and just not kind of vibing on the on the beat at first. Mm-hmm. You need that. It's like that droning, like, lead up, that, like that sound of people singing in the distance it really sets up the theatricality of the song of the album and i haven't talked about this yet and i've had this thought on a bunch of songs we've already done but matt Thiessen has this theatricality like this actual cinematic theater-like thing to his music especially air for free like almost all the songs in air for Mm -hmm. free they, they play like a musical and so many other songs he has even some of the pop punk songs have a certain theatricality to them. Like I would really love to hear Matt Thiessen do an actual film score. Yeah, that'd be great. And we're going to talk about it later, but when you hear uh, Mark Lee Townsend in the recent video that was released about the 10 years of Forget and Not Slow Down, and he breaks down this song and plays separate instruments for you, Mm -hmm. you're like, this really sounds like a film score. You know what I mean? Like, even though they're hitting trash can lids, like, there's actual, like, trash can lids that are instruments in this song. Yeah. It still sounds like it could be a film score. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned on our Bummin' episode that in the the vinyl sequencing, which is different from the Air for Free uh, regular sequencing, that, that that's side A. I feel like I'm, like, in a movie going on a little journey mm-hmm. <laughs> or a TV show or whatever. Like, I feel like I'm in a kid's movie or TV show just going on, like, having a little morning. So I absolutely see what you're saying. Now, Dan, how do you think Savannah's going to play when you're coming out of Mood Rings? You know what? Now that we've deep dived into this discussion, I get exactly what you're talking about in the bonus episode. Going from Mood Rings into Savannah... Yeah. The playlist already exists on Spotify, so I wish we had done it before. <laughs> but, and I don't think listening to it now while we're in the middle of this conversation would be a fair way to get it. But yeah, I'm uh, going to see how Mood Rings ending and Savannah without Oasis starting. That was, like, that is one of my big issues with the... The placement of Savannah. Maybe they should have started that side with Savannah. Yeah. Yeah, because... But I mean, I mean the, just that's kind of my issue with the whole... The flow of the entire vinyl listing yeah. is I just feel like there's certain songs that 
they just don't vibe into one another. <laughs> this isn't our track list bonus episode, but <laughs> to go back to that, I wonder now, I'm thinking, was it side C? I think yeah. it's side C. And then going from Savannah have, into In Love with the 80s. Mood rings into In Love with the 80s would have been a better yeah, decision. absolutely. Let me look at, Jessica has it up on her phone. Sorry, let me borrow your phone real quick. Yeah, you know what? So side C, again, I need. we'll need to hear it. We'll hear it when the record comes out or yeah. maybe later today by next week's episode. I'll have listened to the Spotify playlist. But mood rings into Savannah, that might be a little weird. Like maybe there's something surprising there. Like you never know. You can't always... Imagine, but if they had opened Side C with Savannah, that would have been really cool because mm-hmm. it's such a unique song in the whole catalog. Yeah, absolutely. It should open yeah, the side. Yeah, it's such a mood. It's just a that plucking of that the... Just coming into yeah. it kind of hypes you All those up. string instruments that just kind of start out, like it would have been like, ooh, we're on a special side now. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would have done Savannah into like Forget and Not Slow Down. Yeah, because that would have melt, but maybe that they would have like yeah. gone, float a little. That nicer. would make sense, but maybe they were trying to just like how we do with our podcast shuffle, selections, shuffle it up. Yeah, <laughs> like because we purposely on this podcast don't try not to do the same album within three weeks of an episode. But I feel like it could also go into maybe another uh, like into an mm-hmm song mm-hmm. as well. Just mm-hmm. it has to exactly it has to go it has to like flow like that would be another sound that would flow into it. I just feel like anything off. The first three albums, Savannah wouldn't flow in or out of terribly well. Right. Uh, To wrap up our Oasis intro talk, the lyrics are Savannah, 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 Savannah. And I know that because it's on song meanings. And then there's only one comment. Oh, and I found no covers. I did search for Oasis covers just to see, did someone try to do like a thing with this? And I didn't find anything or even a video, like maybe just a fun little video. But Cloudy Eye on October 5th, 2009 said, I am so awesome for finding the lyrics to this song. Yep, you have no idea. Took me hours. I guess they're joking. I guess they're joking because okay. the lyrics are just Savannah 12 times. <laughs> Oh, and another thought I had on this track was, you know how the pre-gap hidden track on this album is Tyson's dad singing Sahara? Yeah. With that bass Which I really like, yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about again when we do... We talked about it in our Forget Not Slow Down episode because yep. it plays up to Forget Not Slow Down, but we'll have to talk about it again when we do Sahara. And because there's so much bassy vocals in Oasis, I was wondering, is Tyson's dad in there again? Maybe. Yeah. I think I saw somewhere, and this I don't know the if theory. this is I don't know if this is correct or not, but I saw somewhere, and I don't remember if it was listed on the official Reliant K YouTube video listing, but uh, there were other Tsons, I think, mentioned. Okay. As vocals. This is. I a, think. This is. Uh, I'd have to find it again. This is something that we don't own a physical copy of. We've admitted it before. We're bad Reliant K fans. We don't own a physical copy, so we can't reference the book. But we should get it. I want to get the Japanese one because it has the, uh, what was it? It was an acoustic version of something at the end. <laughs> uh, where do I go from here? That's oh, why that's right. it came up already was because we've done that song as the first track off of Burden the B-Sides and Nashville, Tennessee P. Yeah, so I want to get the Japanese version and hopefully it has a lyric book in it. Maybe I should just order it right now. I'll leave the I'll leave the tab up so I can remember to order it later. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, so that's just kind of a theory, and maybe the Tyson's dad is actually credited, if I'm right. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? No one can possibly know. No one out there knows. The internet knows. The internet knows all. The internet knows the lyrics to this song. They are Savannah, Savannah, Savannah. <laughs> Not doing that again. Um, so yeah, so that's everything I have to say about Oasis. Did you have anything else to say about that intro song? Uh, no, no. It's funny. I, I don't have a lot of notes for this song. I've been uh, very sick the past few days. Jessica has been very sick. <laughs> um, I've had a fever. And apparently in the you midst... got a fever. <laughs> And the only recipe, <laughs> wait, the only cure is more trash can lids in yeah. the song Savannah. <laughs> exactly. So I guess I started taking my notes like when I was like in the heat of it. <laughs> and so I wrote down, I once knew a girl named Savannah. She wanted to be a whale trainer at SeaWorld. When I wrote this note down, I got her confused with a different girl not named Savannah who wanted to be a cat, but they had the same energy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> See, that's a fever dream comment, and I feel like this song is not a fever dream, but a dream, like a regret dream. A remorse dream would be a more fitting phrase, but yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if your cat friend has ever heard any of the songs off air for free that reference cats. Oh, I don't know. Uh, so getting back into this song, to get back into the main song, Savannah. There's only a couple comments. Oh, there's more than I thought, actually. <laughs> there's way more than I thought. I thought there was only one comment on sound on song meetings. Yeah, Danny took over the Google Deep Dive this week. Yeah, because Jessica was sick. <laughs> oh, and when I did the Google Deep Dive, I found out and I retweeted about this, but there's a company called Reliant Health, and they spell Reliant with an E, out of Georgia. And I found it because when you typed in Reliant Savannah, it came up with a listing that they have for a job in Savannah. <laughs> um, Whatever interesting no not at all so we'll kind of get into the what is you know fully believed and is most likely correct what this song is about is like most of the album about his the break off of his engagement at the time apparently and there's a song there's a there's a comment in here by modern modern kind on november 2nd 2009 said Savannah is where they used to go on vacation together. So apparently Matt Thiessen and his fiance actually went on vacation specifically to Savannah uh, before they broke it off. So that kind of makes sense. And that is, so that is my read on the song specifically is the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh, I guess he's kind of like, I read it as like, he's just wish fulfillment or what do you call it? Like telling the universe, like I, if I just say we're back together, cause some mm-hmm. of the lyrics are like, um, Yet I know you'll be there because I know because you'll know I'll want you to be there and we'll say hello as you're smiling in love and we'll sigh so so and we'll sigh so relieved I believe because we both know by tonight we'll feel normal again right so it's like he's going on vacation to Savannah again and he's waiting for his fiance to meet him there and they just magically meet there and almost like a movie like they're mm-hmm. just they know that they belong together again which we know in real life is not the case right so the first time i read i heard this song i'm like and started really dissecting the lyrics i'm like maybe he's just wishing for this right like all the other songs are about the loss well here he's just like trying to focus on we're together again and we're still happy <laughs> so there's little lines in here very subtle lines where maybe he's acknowledging that no we're not together like particularly 
he says, we'll take a walk to find the gift shop. And right. So he's singing sort of in present tense most of the time saying we're going to savannah we'll meet each other again we'll still be in love we are still in love Mm -hmm. we're going to savannah i see you there we are still in love he's talking in the present tense like they're still together but then suddenly he switches at one point to we'll take a walk to find the gift shop so he's sort of speaking in future tense there and then he says who knew who would have thought the book that you bought would never come off the shelf so suddenly he in that line he's talking in past tense Mm -hmm. Because this puts in my mind, and I kind of assume that this is what he's talking about, is that there must be a book. And because Matt Thiessen sings about so much real stuff from his life, that he's maybe saying there was literally a book that she bought one time in Savannah and put it on the bookshelf. And then later they broke up, and it's still in the same home he lives in. And it never came off the shelf. And he sees that book, which is a very sad, like poetic concept that he sees that book that they bought together and she never took it off the shelf and she never read it. And there's so much more in that. It's very, it's a very beautiful idea if you dig into it, because it's like almost like that book is lost potential, like their relationship was lost potential. So kind of looking at the theme of the album, which is about their Matt Thiessen's loss of this relationship it's almost like that book is lost potential that book was bought and put on that shelf to be taken off the shelf and read and enjoyed right just like their relationship was formed to be loved and enjoyed and find fruits of their relationship (laughs) but all that potential was lost and all the potential for that book of her to read that book and enjoy that book is now gone so maybe so my point is while he's singing we're together, we're in Savannah. I think that's why, to me, it started to feel like a dream. Right. Especially that opening of Oasis. It's almost like, like Savannah. And like, you can hear, they're off in the distance. There's like this real reverb. And it's almost got this like musty wooden sound. Like you hear it through the wall. You hear it off on the other side of the lake, right? And Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're going to sleep. And then you, he wakes up in a dreamland version of Savannah and there she is, and she wants him again, and she's happy to have him. But then for me, and then for me, because when I dream, especially as I'm getting ready to wake up, I start to know it's a dream. And you start to like, well, this isn't real because we're and <laughs> we're not broken up, but I'm talking from Matt's right. point of view. We're broken up. This Wait, this isn't a dream. But no, I want to be in the dream, and we're going to go and lay in a hammock together, and we're going to do all these things that we used to do. And then he's like, you know, but until then and he knows it's not happening now he knows it's a dream if this is what he's going for this is just what i'm taking away from it (laughs) yeah i like your takeaway dan yeah i think i didn't focus as much on the meaning of this or the the deeper sort of meaning of this because forget and not slow down is an album that can be a little tainted for me right based on knowing the story behind it right and some of that is, is hearsay. Mm-hmm. And it's not like facts we know. Right. Thiessen was going through a breakup when he wrote this. He secluded himself in a cabin for three months and wrote this album. Right. Um, when you... And we're we're not going to go into it on this podcast. No. But when you, you hear about the reasons behind the breakup... Right. It tends to make me look at some of the lyrics... And right. some of the songs, and it does taint that because this isn't, we're not sitting in a in a juror box, you know, I can't, 
I can't right. say like, okay, strike that from the record when you listen. <laughs> like sometimes I can strike it from my brain and sometimes I can't. Right. So yeah, we've, we're tiptoeing around it a little bit, but <laughs> this is the thing is there are facts out there about why Matt Thiessen and his fiance at the time broke up like more specific conjecture and explanations. And she's spoken about having broken up with someone, but she did not name who it is. So here on this podcast, we've kind of like decided that we don't want to be ostriches. Are they, is it ostriches that put their heads in it? We don't want to put yeah. our heads in the sand <laughs> yeah. and totally pretend that these aren't the, the things floating out there. We're not going to ignore that that's being discussed. We know that's being discussed, but we've decided to not dwell on those things because Matt Thiessen hasn't specifically talked about it. And this person who he was engaged to has spoken without naming him. So it's really gossip to for us to start talking about it like it's fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is not, it is, it is not for the record, blatant fact. Yeah. So some people, let me take a step back. Some people love this album, and I've seen so many comments about how this album has helped people get through really tough times in their life. And I don't, like, maybe they've had an actual regrettable loss, or maybe they had something that they did wrong and they've lost something or a relationship. Like, I can see how this album, if you're experiencing a death, like, this album, although it's about a relationship breakup, and the fact is she broke up with Matt Thiessen, still, it, this album's about loss. So it's like, you can bring yourself to a work of art and let it speak to you specifically. So I don't want to say anything that that disengages that for anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to re-listen <laughs> to this album, but with a completely different mindset because I did, as I was thinking about Jack Kerouac, there's some Jack Kerouac connections in here. Like Kerouac wrote a couple of books secluded. He did. Uh, you know, by himself, like Desolation Angels. He wrote alone on a mountaintop mm-hmm. where he gets his air for free. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he wrote, you know, Big Sur in a cabin, secluded. Right. And, uh, you know, so this is like, this is Matt Thiessen's like Big Sur or Desolation Angels. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I really need to re-look at this, like from sort of a different poetic mindset, I right. think. Instead of looking at it as like a Reliant K album per se. Yeah. Can't you do that with Collapsible Lung? Can't you look at that as not a Reliant K album and see how it's just like rocking in a good time and we're having fun? But it's not the kind of music I like. You wouldn't like that music if it exactly. wasn't Exactly. Like that's, th- that's my issue. So, yeah. Regardless of the band, it's not an album I would, I would personally visit terribly often. A couple other comments. Edel on Song Meeting said, this is my favorite song on the album. It's bittersweet. And it is. Yeah. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Um, I love... Uh, I do like the music. Like, there's so much going on. Yeah, we haven't and, talked and, about the music. So yeah. let's talk about the music in this song. So <laughs> another reason we picked this song is because com- Mark Lee Townsend released that video where he talked about the 10 years of Forget Not Slow Down and how... And then he broke down this song specifically. He put this song up on the digital board and he started knocking out instruments and having us listen to the instruments. And that's where we learned, like, there's a trash can lid in there. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounded like something that wasn't a musical instrument, but I didn't know it was a trash can lid. And, like, you hear, you know, all the individual instruments. When I hear the first part of the song, because I'm not musically trained, 
I always thought it was just violins and cellos or something in mm-hmm. that first plucking opening to the song. Right. But then I found out, no, there is guitar in there. There's like more guitar layered back in the opening parts than you would, than you kind of, an untrained ear would necessarily hear at first. Yeah. I love the build up. I love when it starts really kicking in and, and like the instruments now, it's like a mini wall of sound. Yeah. All these instruments coming together in this thing and you don't think of it as a wall of sound because when you think wall of sound you think like full-blown like atmospheric yeah. like you're in the clouds and yeah it's just exactly constant instruments but it's a mini wall of sound it's like a half wall of sound it's like <laughs> it's like those things along sidewalks where they're about knee height um of sound and you know all of the mandolins that come in in the middle mm-hmm. like this is such a beautiful song yeah i really like it when the and I don't know if this is what it is, but when it sounds like like the shakers kick in, where it's like, right. chick, 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 chick. I like <laughs> it when we get to that point. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do that. I don't think we're going to play this, but when we get into covers, I found a drum cover and the drum cover was so interesting because it's not like a re- regular rock song yeah. where you're just drumming along. Like the guy, this one did drum cover. Did he get cover, the trash can lids? He didn't have a trash can lid, but he did have the shaker. Oh, he nice. had like... Other instruments, like I don't know if he had one of those fish things that you... Right, right. But he had other similar... He had other weird like hand instruments that would go back and forth between drumming you know, Dan, and doing percussion. Allison has a... That that website, Allison, has a, um, has a course in music theory. It has a music theory, an intro to music theory. And uh-huh. I'm like, I need to take it. Maybe for we should podcast. take it. Yeah, for the podcast. Although I didn't... I actually started up a journalism course with them just because, just for mm-hmm. fun. And... I saw the music theory one and I ended up being like, oh, I'll take that later if I like won the style because I've not really ever done online education or anything like that before. Uh-huh. And two, I was like, it didn't have the best reviews. Uh-huh. So that's why I didn't end up going for it. I was like, oh, maybe I should just get like a book or something. Or lynda.com, our new sponsor. <laughs> just, uh... Oh, no. What even is lynda.com? Did you just make it up? It, no, no. It's it's an online education oh, okay. website. But it's not, a, it's not like an accredited school. Right. It's just a paywall YouTube where you watch videos teaching you about things. Why are all these things named after ladies' names? I don't know. That's a good question. And my favorite is Ashley Madison. <laughs> oh, my God. I... Are they that's still around? A, I don't even know. That's such a throwback. That age is me. Yeah, because we used because oh man, if you listen to satellite radio, they were oh, big man. advertisers yeah. of satellite radio. When they hit the news big with that data breach, the explanation finally came out. It's like, well, they're called Ashley Madison because those are the two most popular female names at the time they started the website. Right. <laughs> so they were basically like, we're going to hit the widest. <laughs> yeah group of people by just picking the two most popular names in the world at the time uh let's take a step back from that (laughs) and let's listen to mark lee townsend break down this song a little bit welcome to song exploder we're going to break this down with mark lee townsend i'm gonna start this up we got the nylon guitar here okay Double with cello. Instantly recognizable, okay? I took the lead vocal out for the moment just so you can hear some of the percussion things. Thank you, Mark. That would help. That's a trash can lid there. Claves. So it's so cool. There's so many little things happening in this part of the song, and I don't know music very well, so it's helpful. Ah, what is that? 
we were hitting on something. Another thing. Might have been a trash kit here. Uh, full drum kit here, along with sticks. Uh, I believe Ethan was playing rims on the toms, okay? All right. Of course, we've got our uh, our tambourine with a lot of room sound. That's natural room sound. That's not a reverb. So, nylon guitar, trash can lids, the rim of Ethan Lux drums. <laughs> There's so much happening in this track. It's 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 really great. So, <laughs> when I was in the same place so as of like, you know, 48 hours ago, Jessica was like, you know, I just don't like the rhythm of this. I, I, I don't mean to speak out of school, but you said this to mm -hmm. me. You're like, I'm not crazy about the rhythm of this song. It just doesn't like speak my musical whatever it doesn't get my yeah. jibe going yeah. you know and i was like i was like no i i was like i was like here's the thing i was t i totally agreed with you a week ago i was like yeah i get why some people like this song but it doesn't like hit that spot for me until like i you know listen to oasis right into it listen mm -hmm. to it a bunch of times then i got it and I was like, okay, say whatever you want, Jess, about the lyrics. We were in the drive through at Wendy's when we were talking about this. Former Matt Thiessen employer, Wendy's. So we were <laughs> waiting for our food there. And I'm like, say whatever you want right now about the lyrics and how you feel about them. But, like, this song is super deliberate. Like, this song is, like, masterfully constructed. Mm -hmm. It seems so complicated. Yeah, and when is. you look at this video on... Um, I guess it's oh, it's actually Mark Lee Townsend's own YouTube channel. He's only got 42 subscribers. Well, he's got 43 Whoa. now. <laughs> Mark Lee Townsend, come on the pod. <laughs> Last week I said, like, Reliant K, we don't want you on our podcast. Get lost. And now I'm like, Mark Lee Townsend. Maybe it's because I've been drinking this Maker's Mark that we used as a prop for the opening of this episode. But I'm only, I've got some liquid bravery right now. But yeah, so yeah, when you I look. I think it'd be awesome to talk to the behind the scenes people. Yeah. When you look at the, um, the like the digital mixing board up on his computer, there's so many instruments and there's so much going on. And then he flips back to like the timeline view of the edit of the song. Mm -hmm. And there's so much happening in this yeah, song. Yeah. It's a deceptive, like you, you it's a deceptively complicated song. Yeah. Like you hear it and you think it's just like, you think it's really simple. You think it's just, you think it's one of those mm -hmm. like Royals, like, you know, one of those really stripped down, like just sort of rhythmic pop songs that happen nowadays. Right. You think it's like deceptively simple, but actually this is a really complex really really layered like ballad rock song mm -hmm. uh strings just a little section of Makes sense when we what's really awesome uh, a guy named chris carmichael up in uh uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky did the strings. He did it all himself. He is a brilliant multi-instrumentalist and, and just uh, really did exactly what we needed. Love that guitar sound. That's hoops. So that's cool. Yeah. And all those strings, as complicated as this song is, it's just the band and like one other guy doing all the yeah. strings. 
it's really amazing. And also, I love earlier in this video when he's talking about Forget Not Slow Down as a whole, the album as a whole, and he talks about how, like, Thiessen came in to do his, like, scratch vocals, or gu- he calls them guide vocals, guide vocals right? yeah. <laughs> it's just like, here's the vocals, and this is what we build off of, and we do it better later. But it's like it's like Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. It's like we're not getting any better than the demo. It's like the demo was the version of mm-hmm. the album. So it's like the demo lyri- the demo vocals became the vocals, or he says 85%. Yeah, I think he said it was like 85% of the record yeah. are those guide vocals. Yeah, and because Matt Thiessen comes back after a tour, and he's like, okay, we're going to do the real vocals now. And Mark Lee Townsend talks about how, like, he's like, okay, you recorded your re- quote-unquote real vocals. He- here they are side by side. The guide vocals are so much better. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, like, makes me think that, you know, you had a feeling like the lyrics in this kind of feel like first draft. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, spit it out and it's done. And maybe that's the case. But in a way, especially because he talks about how Matisse is almost like John Lennon, where it's like when he's being creative off the cuff, mm-hmm. that's when he is the best. And I I can support this because I, especially even like in the early days of the first three albums, whenever Matt Thiessen would like riff a song for fun, mm-hmm. songs that are completely lost now that really, you know, like who knows if anyone taped it or recorded it, they would always be fun and funny and like really clever and in the moment, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So first yeah, he thought, said that. <laughs> yeah, he said that the uh, his emotion was just like so much more there, and that you could really feel the song. Yeah, which I get because sometimes when we do our opening bits, sometimes the first <laughs> take where we're just kind of like rough drafting, <laughs> rough drafting it, that's the best one. And sometimes they're horribly embarrassing. <laughs> sometimes for, it's take three. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. Great song. It leads into the third song we're talking about this week, which is the outro called Baby. Yeah. Uh, here's a little bit of it. Baby, it's all that I can do to so this track i had a feeling jessica would love this because jessica <laughs> loves smashing pumpkins yeah <laughs> and i'm like this basically sounds like reliant k doing a smashing pumpkins thing with the lyrics that already existed for savannah i kind of wish we kind of could have heard a little bit of mark lee townsend talking about that yeah i want to know and maybe <laughs> i did your deep dive your usual deep dive mm-hmm. and i found some people's blogs talking about how they love the song and why they love the song and it's just like real personal stuff it's not funny and it's you know it's <laughs> right. like it's real nice and it's it, i'd rather not exploit their like personal feelings of the song right so we're probably not going to talk about those but um i would like to know what like matt Thiessen's thoughts are of like does he did he when he wrote quote unquote baby was it a separate song in his head or did he write savannah with the part that's baby or did yeah. he write savannah and then think this needs a little bit extra right. something to come out of so i didn't find that my point was i didn't find that in the deep dive i didn't really find any interviews with them and i could have kept deep diving but i'm not as thorough as jessica <laughs> you did uh, great <laughs> thank you but did you have any specific thoughts about the outro song baby no, you just like it because it sounds like sounds like it's right off of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. 
Yeah, no, I just I think that it is like it is a perfect outro to this song. I don't know. So the lyrics are, baby, it's all that I can do to thank you. Because every time you wrapped those arms around me, I felt I was home because everything made sense when you were with me. Right. It sounds like it was part of the. Yeah. No, it is. He's just song. it's just a, yeah. it's a reprise. Yeah. A reprise, which plays back into theatrical Tyson. Yeah. We've had pedal hoops and we've had all these like. <laughs> pseudo characters of Reliant K we have theatrical Tyson who I don't think has been like he's not been acknowledged as a whole like I'm sure a lot of people have this idea that Matt Tyson is very theatrical maybe he's been told this but I really want to hear Matt Tyson like write the book for a musical or do a film score because he's already got it in his songs let's see if song I didn't check song meanings for baby so Edel who also commented on the main song said I think this outro is basically just remembering the way things used to be, but he knows it's over, but he still remembers the way the other person made him feel. So I didn't do a deep dive on these lyrics. I know you just read them, but I don't have them in mind. If that's true, then maybe in my theory of how Savannah is a dream, maybe mm-hmm. this is him waking up. Yeah. The tone of the song, the heavy... I like that. The heavy, like, grungy guitar doesn't play into it the same way Savannah, the same way um, Oasis kind of guides you into, it's like falling into a dream mm-hmm. and Savannah is the dream. Well, then why is this grungy guitar waking yeah, up? Yeah, it's, and a, it's heavy. It's waking yeah. up to that reality. Uh, oh, maybe that's it. Because like, I have one experience with this. When the love of my life broke up with me for a short while. <laughs> she's sitting across from me right now, so it all worked out. But when we were broken up for a while, those first few weeks, I would fall asleep. I would cry myself to sleep. (laughs) I didn't cry myself to sleep, but I would fall asleep. And when I woke up, the second I woke up, I remember, you know, it's like sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, where am I? What, What? Oh, yeah. Oh, something bad's happened in my life recently. No, the second I woke up, I'm like, I'm back in the real world where Jessica has broken up with me. Like, there wasn't that, like, slow realization of, of waking up back into the real world. Like, I woke straight up into knowing. So I'm wondering if that's sort of what the tone of this song is like. He's awake, and he knows the relationship's over. <laughs> we have a previous episode where we talked about this <laughs> What was it? Uh, the, not the one I'm, I'm waiting just, for. I'm just hiding behind my <laughs> no, hoodie. No, <laughs> it all worked out. Yeah, it was when we. Uh, if you want to get some backstory for the podcast in relation to this, listen to our "Come Right Out and Say It" episode because yeah. we basically had a "Come Right Out and Say It" story <laughs> in our relationship where I told Jessica like, "You're gonna break up with me, aren't you? Just do it," and she did it, and I was like, "No." <laughs> um, yeah, so. Great outro. Now, the songmeanings.com thing <laughs> lists Baby, but they're listing the cover of the Justin Bieber lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So that is a big problem. So, like, so I didn't expect to find any covers, or I thought maybe I'd find, like, a fan video or, like, an anime music video for, for Oasis, but mm-hmm. I didn't find anything. When it came to Baby, I only found one person who even did a cover, and he did it with Savannah. You can't find any video. If it's out there, it's impossible to weed through. Yeah. When, I, when I do a deep a deep YouTube dive, what I do is I type in Reliant. I don't even bother with the K. I just type in Reliant with the E and the name of the song. 
and then I just hold the page down button until I have the entire YouTube page results all on the screen. And then I start combing through that, looking for songs that are actually, videos that are actually related to what we're looking for that week. I could not do that for Baby because all the like yeah. quote unquote related searches right. were so massive. I was holding that button forever. And I'm like, even if I find it, I'm not going to, like, forget it. Like, unfortunately, the Justin Bieber song. And why did they cover the Justin Bieber song if they knew they already had a song called Baby? <laughs> or, I don't know, like, name because it something Because it's else. like a three-second song, Dan. Oh, man. Now, I don't know about this. Quick deep dive. Uh, Modern, Modern Kind, who I think said, is the one who said that he, Matt and his fiance used to vacation in Savannah. I don't know if this is true, but apparently he wrote the song Baby to be played at their wedding. I don't know about that. that. He listed a a podcast to listen to, which doesn't seem to connect anymore. So we'll have to look into that. I don't know, man. (laughs) That is shocking if true. And then there's just a comment here from Rasco21 saying... I mean, I guess maybe. There's nothing... I'm going to have to figure out what that is. But then there's a comment here where it's just someone saying, like, Matt did not cheat. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> that's the triptych of Oasis, Savannah, and Baby. That's the, the three-part structure of... the. And this, like I said, it knocks off most of the album for us. Did you have any other thoughts on the songs themselves before we get into covers and things? Uh, just again, in my fevered state, I wrote down some alternate lyrics. Oh, <laughs> okay. Savannah, three and a half hours south of Atlanta. My favorite show is Hannah Montana. I don't have a third line for that one. You know what? That's I where it ended. I think I fell asleep shortly thereafter. Oh, man. <laughs> I come up with parody <laughs> lyrics all the time and I don't go around reading them on the podcast. <laughs> so, you know how Vince Gill turns up in the Forget and Not Slow Down mm-hmm. making of documentary? Mm-hmm. It turns out Vince Gill has a song, which was not a hit as far, not a single, called Savannah. Yes. Did you know this? <laughs> I did, because it was from when I was doing my Forget and Not Slow Down Oh. The song research. I saw that. And I went, oh, is Savannah a cover? It is not. So it's off of, so it's just, it's funny. It just, it came up in doing a YouTube deep dive, like pulling up that whole page. And I'm like, oh, there's a Vince Gill song called Savannah. And it's, it must've come up because someone in the comments must've said, oh, I thought this would be a cover of the Reliant K song or something. Because sometimes that's how YouTube results work, is they actually cull from comments mm-hmm. right. and give you all of this like chaff that you don't need yeah. in your search results. Um, the song is specifically called Savannah, Don't You Ever Think of Me. And it goes a little something like this. <laughs> Savannah, memory just won't fade. It's also a breakup song. Yeah, I was going to say. Savannah's a big breakup city, apparently. Well, this sounds like it's about a a girl named Savannah. Yeah. 
Um, which does come up because in searching Savannah Reliant K or Savannah Reliant, there are girls named Savannah who have done Reliant K <laughs> covers. Uh, I didn't save them, but I found them. Yeah, so I actually really like this song because 90s country is sort of the last generation of pop country that I kind of enjoy because it's got that 90s like artificiality on top of the music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that sort of like Bruce Hornsby. Like as much as Bruce Hornsby is an amazing songwriter, his classic era, like the way it is, it has that electronic instrumentation yeah. but not quite electronic it's almost like cyborg sounds like i don't know how to just i'm sure there's a way to describe it you know what i'm talking about it's like i do know what you're sure, talking it's, about it's real piano but it's somehow filtered through this form of production that makes it sound like i just want to go listen like, to that's just the way it is now <laughs> or mandolin rain or something like that or yeah that whole uh bruce hornsby radio hits compilation is amazing and this type of country pop country music from the 90s and 80s Love it. Love it. The Highwaymen. That's amazing. Um, so now let's get into some live versions. Um, here's in 2013. Uh, and again, this isn't on, this is not on the live records. But in 2013, uh, they played this in Columbus, Ohio at Scully's Music Diner. Savannah, I heard this came up in all the live videos everybody is singing harmoniously with this song people love to sing along to this song and it blows my mind it is a mouthful the lyrics are a little bit of a mouthful mouthful. yeah that it is look there's jamming syllables into a meter that they don't belong in. Yeah. But this is just like a packed... Yeah, it's this, a lot to say. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like... It's like, uh, I can't think of a good example right now, but there are certain songs where it's like, they're singing along and then they got to jam in some syllables, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I can't quite... <laughs> I can't think of a good example. If you have good examples, let us know. But you know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? It's like it, it needed less syllables. Here, he's like... It is like up to the second. He's got as much going on lyrically in each line as possible. And everyone's singing along and they love it. Um, Let's hear more. Let's get a little closer to when the song came out. This is live in 2010 with short-haired Tyson. It's kind of weird to see last three albums being played by short-haired Tyson. Um, This is Savannah live at Amos. I don't know what city that is. Uh, Live 2010. And this song's not even a year old, and girls are already singing along to this. People love this song, Jessica. You're a girl. You should love this song. <laughs> You're a girl and a Reliant K fan. They're all just happy Tyson single. It's kind of sad. <laughs> I don't remember this one. It says, oh, so there's this one in here and they actually titled it. I do remember this. It says Reliant K Savannah slash pink eye conversation. And it's this, he opens the song with this whole conversation about pink eye. 
supposed to kind of got the pink eye. <laughs> oh, right. He's talking about how... Okay, so he's got long hair because it's 2013, mm-hmm. right? Tyson's got long hair now, as he will have for the rest of his life, most likely. <laughs> and he's talking about how, well, he was supposed to get a haircut before the show, but his hair, his hairstylist got the pink eye. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and then they play Savannah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I like short-haired Tyson. Yeah. We saw a lot of short-haired Tyson. Yeah. We've only ever really seen, like, one or two long-haired Tysons. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of that medium-length hair Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say one thing. This song does not play well to me. On YouTube, on live YouTube videos, people's phone mm. footage. I, I'd love to hear this song actually live, and maybe we heard it. <laughs> we the, probably did. We probably did, but I wasn't maybe paying attention because I didn't know this song too well at the time. Um, a few times, in fact, probably. The, well, the whole time we saw the Searching for America tour, I was like, anything they played off of Forget Not Slow Down and collapse along i was like yeah oh yeah this song what song is this <laughs> i was such a bad we were such bad fans and there for free songs you're like oh yeah this is one of the new songs yeah. but we didn't know it super well and then anything from five score and earlier it's like yay yay <laughs> exactly i knew mrs hippopotamus i'm like yeah this is a jam <laughs> yeah so yeah so let's blast through these covers because we were trying to keep this episode short the only guy who covered baby and it goes like this kind of loses it for a second and he brings it back he's kind of off key Mm -hmm. but he kind of brings it back yeah low def video classic creepy video (laughs) style it's just a nice he's a nice looking guy playing acoustic guitar in his like really whitewash like overshot bedroom um that's the only person i found who covered baby but then let's get into some real good covers and we have again 19 fan music videos this week. Wow. I don't know if we'll actually do any of them this week because we got enough covers. This I wrote, three wholesome teens. Accurate. It looks like some sort of church recital. Mm -hmm. Uh, The adults who's helping them with their microphones and their their bands, what do you call those? The podiums. He's like, uh, he's just that classic looking got a beard yep. sort of youth group leader guy and then listen to the crowd reaction when they start playing it's just a little spattering but some people but are like oh it. it's this song yeah. yeah they know this song <laughs> we'll skip ahead a little bit They're like, they look like a, I know they're teenagers, but they look like a 70s, like. <laughs> I like the kid with his yellow shirt and his bow tie. He's got a Dwight Schrute vibe going. He does. But they look like a 70s group that would be called like 
the hushful hill, the hushful hillbillies. I don't know. What? I was thinking traveling wilburys, but that's not real. That's a band that exists. Well, you did a great job, hushful hillbillies. Um. Then, oh, and this is actually really interesting. Kate Bischoff, who I feel like we've talked about before, did a mashup, an acoustic mashup of Savannah and I'm Not Sleeping Tonight. Or oh, I'm Not, or Sleeping. She called it Savannah, I'm Not Sleeping Tonight. It's Sleeping off yeah, of nice. Air for Free. I love that song. And this is kind of funny because she's in her bedroom and like her siblings are yelling down the hall. <laughs> and at one point you hear one of them go, ow! <laughs> and then, and then uh, Kate makes a face. She's like, oh. Guys, stop. I'm trying to record my YouTube cover. So it goes like this. (laughs) (laughs) There it was. I love she her eyes roll. She's like, oh. You might want to back it up a little more, Dan, because you didn't actually play the Savannah part. You played the baby no. part into Sleepin'. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't realize she'd covered baby in this, so two people covered baby. She mashes it all over the place. Yeah, I like it. It's <laughs> yeah. good stuff. It's great. It's really good. And it's that kind of creative stuff I'm always looking for, and we don't find a ton of it. It's like straight up acoustic covers. Who did that? Because that was really pretty. That was Kate Bischoff. B-I-S-C-H-O-F-F. Then we have a nice little acoustic instrumental finger style version. I always like the same style of covers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You like the kind of soulful, slightly yeah. funky version. Fudge, I just signed up for a YouTube TV account. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, good. Oh, no. oh, good. I didn't sign up for it. I was just trying to click past this. I was trying to skip the ad. And it's like, try it free. And I clicked it. I'm like, no, I don't want to do YouTube Red. I don't want to do YouTube TV. If I do those, I'll do them from my real YouTube account, not the City Hawkinspot one. Anyway, here is from 2017, Anton Bitita does a finger style instrumental. Put a little stank on that. Yeah, like that a was fun. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that is yeah, fun. Like that one's that. really good. I like that. Um, there are a lot. Made of... me feel like I was listening to like pure Nashville. I don't know. 
that that picking Reliant K, that what is it, banjo cover album, that like cover bot banjo version. Yeah. That, this seems like the perfect song for that yeah. group to do. And that reminds me, I completely forgot, I skipped past this, but this is done by the Piano Dreamers, who are one of those cover bot companies that do covers of everybody. And this is their piano version. Except I know you love the strings tribute. Mm-hmm. The more and more I find like the banjo tributes and the piano tributes, and there I realize they're just companies that just record as many covers as possible and mm-hmm. release them through Spotify and iTunes and everything. It's like I realize they're a little less like they're very nice, but there is a commodity aspect to all of those. Um, now Jessica, please pick a number between one and four. Okay, I got it in my head. No, let me know what it is. Oh, three. Three. Okay. Then we will play the third of the four female ukulele covers that I found. <laughs> so I'm sorry to Brianna April, to uh, Zelda, and whoever the fourth one is. I didn't write down their name on here. But here is the fourth female ukulele. The third. You said third. Here's the third female ukulele cover that exists on YouTube of Savannah. And this is by Julia Brewster. Savannah, our back supported by a hammock. We sum up perfection like a handbook, and God knows it all too well. So, Anna, we'll take a walk to find a gift shop. Who would have thought the book that you? was nice that's nice and again there are sped it up a little bit yeah uh let me get the name of the fourth person so like i said that was the name that i said and there's also (laughs) valentina kuvas minota if you just type in savannah ukulele you'll find probably all four of them um but that one was what did i say who did i say that one was that one was julia brewster and I'm all just leading up to, oh, one more before we get to what is undoubtedly the best, most creative cover of Savannah that I found. Here's just a fun little one. Hashtag Living Room Sessions by Brian Safar, Saper, Saper, Brian Saper, S-P-A-H-R. Uh, the ninth installment of Living Room Sessions. We have Sophie on, vo- on vo- uh, voice. We have Cable on ambient guitar. We have Dino on out-of-frame shakers. I guess he's off-camera. And then we have Brian himself on lead acoustic guitar. And this is their version. And I played it. I wanted to pick it specifically because there's a little doggy sleeping on the couch. Oh, it looks kind of like April. (laughs) It does. And April has the night off tonight. Yes, she does. She's off partying with her friends. (laughs) But here's their version while a dog sleeps the whole time through. (laughs) Lullabying. If it was Oasis, there would be a nice... 
Hey, I'm talking. It would be like a nice lullaby if it was Oasis for the dog, but nope. Yeah. Here's Savannah. Savannah, I love to feel the heat, the sunrise. Pressure rays across my windshield. The streams from I don't know how much you pick, can pick up, but in the YouTube video, especially if you're wearing headphones, this guy's playing an electric guitar and he's trying to make pedal hoops proud because he's got this <laughs> ambient sort of reverbed, like this kind of ambient guitar. He called it ambient guitar. I'm vibing on this song a little more as we go through the covers. Yeah, the covers. Well, and the live version. I've just been stuff. building up to this one. That has a lot more covers, um, but I'm just going to, we're getting late here. So. Here's what I called the most amazing cover of the song that I found. And this is always what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for like people who have made or making the song their own or transforming it into different things, not simply doing an acoustic song, not simply playing it on piano. Zeke Power, who has he has a lot of subscribers. There are already 223 likes on this video. He's already got wow. almost 8,000 views and he's got 43,000 subscribers. So this is a known person nice. right here but here is Zeke Power's cover of Savannah things happening here if you're not watching the video first that do 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 he put that through a loop pedal so after he plays it it just keeps playing on its own mm -hmm. and then he does a little bit of lead guitar on top of that whoops <laughs> and then he starts like knocking the mm -hmm. guitar body because yeah. he's playing an acoustic guitar keeping his own completely different rhythm from the original song it's just so creative it's really good mm -hmm. It's a little bit of an SD video. <laughs> it's a little high, low def, but it sounds, it just sounds really cool. And I'm just so glad to hear people like taking a song like this and like totally making it their own. Yeah. Also, Zeke Power, 
I just want to mention, because we're probably not going to get into all the fan videos tonight, this song, for some reason, brought up on YouTube, just specifically on YouTube, the most persons of color of anything I've seen from Hmm. search results on YouTube of a Reliant K song. Oh, interesting. Because when it comes to all those fan-made music videos and all these covers, Mm -hmm. 99% of all the people I found on YouTube for every song we've done up to now has been white. Yeah. But this is like, you know... One out of every three videos that I've found is a per- has a person of color, maybe one out of four has a person of color in it. I don't know what it is about this song, or maybe it's this album or nice. something. I like that it's speaking to more people. Yeah. That's great. I really like that. So, yes, that is a great... I really like that. That's, like, the most fun version of a song that we, I've, I think we've heard. A couple fan things, and then we'll get out of here, because we got a flight to Savannah tonight. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're going to have our backs hope in the to hammock. Hope to be there by the morning. Hope to be there by the morning and have our backs supported by a hammock. Um, do you remember the Cecilia report from a couple weeks ago? This yes. girl Yes, I do. Yep. She came up in This Week the Trend because she uses This Week the Trend as one of her theme songs. She basically does like a video blog in the style of like a news report about her life and giving you advice and stuff. Turns out Savannah is her outro music. I said that at the time. I thought it was Sahara. Maybe I thought it was Sahara, um. but Savannah is her outro music. Just want to give a shout out to the Cecilia Report. You can barely hear it, but when you search Savannah, she does come up. Um, tons and tons and tons of music videos. Again, what sets the fan-made music videos this week apart from this week, the trend, and in love with the 80s, is that they are high-def, like 1080 videos, hmm and really well edited and well shot. And a lot of times people keep using the same sort of like preset, really good looking font thing where like the the title kind of parses out across the screen mm-hmm. with a line underneath it, right. like looking all modern and sleek and everyone's shooting 1080 footage on their phones and looking really good. Um, for some reason, a lot of these videos are like, and it kind of makes sense to the idea of Savannah and vacationing and being out in the sun and being by the beach. A lot of these videos are just like people's feet walking through fields and walking through nature. But a lot of them happen to be that exact same thing. Um, it's just a lot of videos of people's feet walking around. Like that artistic thing, actually. The did don't- Quentin Tarantino make one of these? <laughs> Maybe he did. But the Don't Blink, basically the Don't Blink music lyric video, the official Don't Blink lyric video, which is that lady, mm-hmm. it's the actual director's wife, like drive, riding on a bike through a nice field, yeah. right? That style of video, 10 people made very similar visual. Oh, wow, vis- interesting. I mean, not the same subject matter. Right. Like it's people on skateboards going through a nice like hazy afternoon somewhere where they live. It's like people actually, in, there's people literally in Savannah taking footage there's some people on their Costa Rican vacation, but again, it's like really well shot 1080p video. Mm-hmm. So something about this song brings out real, because it, it's such a well-crafted, creative, artistic song, mm-hmm. brings out the people making well-crafted, creatively edited and shot fan videos as opposed to the usual low-def, right. barely composed shots of past songs. But it's also like a... A, a somewhat newer album. I mean, 10 right. years now. But, I mean, this is finally by the time that we're getting into, like, cell phones that have cam- like video cameras and are well done. And I think our early YouTube only let you 
upload a certain resolution. Right. So they probably don't have those restrictions anymore. It is easier nowadays with the way our phones work to make really artistic, nice looking videos. Yeah. But there still takes some an eye for proper composition and stuff right. like that. And people don't yeah. always do that. But a lot of the people who made fan-made music videos to this did that. Um, and I guess... Oh, but then we'll end on this. And this is very visual, so Jessica will have to describe. <laughs> Slap him in the knee. <laughs> but this is a lyric video I found. And I don't know if this is sincere or a little ironic... But here's their lyric video. Oh, it's all hand-drawn on line paper. It's all hand-drawn in the style of a little kid. Yeah. um, On line paper, but those really thick lines that you have in first grade. Like trees and suns, but like the way a child draws it. Yeah. And whenever there isn't lyrics, so everything is a picture. So Savannah, I'd like to feel the heat, the sunrise, and it's a person... It's a little stick figure basking type of person in the sun. basking in the sun. And there's a little turtle in the corner. And then he's, and crying, he's crying behind the wheel of his car <laughs> yep. with his windshield. I don't really get if this is like an adult or a teenager purposefully drawing in a child's style. It's and cute. I love it. In, or if a child I love a little sun smiley face. It's very twee. <laughs> is that the word? The word people are using nowadays? Twee? I think that's the word. I always get that confused with kawaii, which is yeah. like the, the Japanese version of something being cute, but that means like snuggly cute or like animal right. cute. Yeah, it's got the, the two people sitting under a tree. Oh, now they're laying next to each other in the hammock. In the palm trees. In the palm trees. That's cute. Yeah. So I would like to know, and that video is by Chris Cut Fries. Chris Cut Fries. And that was uploaded in 2012. And they all they say is, Sorry for the mistake at one part and the parts that were cut off in the scanner, right? So it makes me think this is done by an adult drawing right. purposefully in the ch- in the style of an adult. Maybe that's just how they draw, Danny. Or maybe that's, oh no. This is pretty oh, much no. how I draw. <laughs> Your drawings are adorable. You should draw so you this. should draw some artwork for the podcast. So that is Savannah, Baby, and Oasis. Not in that particular order, but that is Oasis, Savannah, and Baby. That's in the particular order. So I say, Jessica, let us go to Savannah and lie our backs upon a hammock and dry tears on a windshield or whatever. We just wasted 94 minutes of your 